0: Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give everyone ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverb 12, beginning in verse 1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of of the righteous cannot be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked are lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man will be commended according to his wisdom, but he who is of a perverse heart will be despised. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. A fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. He who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord but those who deal truthfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims foolishness. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting but diligence is man's precious possession in the way of righteousness is life and in its pathway there is no death Friends, today I'm going to take a closer look at verses 18 and 19 of Proverb 12. It says, There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment." Friends, I am using the Nelson Study Bible, the New King James Version, and the commentary of this, these two verses, says, Many Proverbs praise people who speak carefully and truthfully. Speech reflects a person's character. The words of a righteous person are faithful and true, And soothe the listeners. Now the one thing I really want to get out of that short commentary is that speech reflects a person's character. I want you to think about that. The words that we speak can bring forth life or they can bring forth death. That is also found in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. And friends, our words are to inspire people. They are to build people up. They are to encourage people. When we do that, then we bring life with our words. When we do not do that, then we tear people down and a lot of times those words will result in death. Not actual physical death, but spiritual death. They are are not fruitful, and we should avoid saying words that are not going to be fruitful and will not be a blessing to people. Today we're going to continue our study in Matthew's Gospel, and today it is... Chapter 12, and there is so much stuff in chapter 12, I'm actually going to leave it to you guys to reread this entire chapter on your own once you leave this podcast today, but I'm going to go over a few things that I'd like to really pinpoint in this chapter. When you look at chapter 12, it talks about Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, And I'm not going to talk about this at all, other than to say that the religious leaders of Jesus' time were constantly in uh, animosity against Jesus. They were looking for any possible way they could find to get rid of Jesus, And I don't know if their intention originally was to kill him. I think they simply just wanted him out of the picture. But he was a threat to them. So I'm going to begin in chapter 12. It says healing on the Sabbath. Let's begin in verse 9. Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. I've always enjoyed this story. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. He had just healed a person. Now this is something that not a single person of the religious leaders had the ability to do. And it angered them to no end. They couldn't stand when Jesus healed people. But instead of looking at the good that Jesus had just done, they focused on the fact that he had done it on the Sabbath, and they were going to see what they could do. I like the word, destroy him. In other words, they wanted to totally destroy everything that he was doing, even though he was doing good, and many people were beginning to follow him. Now, the next section is entitled, Behold My Servant, And the only thing I want to read from this is verse 15. It says, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. I'm going to say that again. Multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. This is the picture that I want you to get. Of Jesus. He was constantly looking to heal people. And a lot of times today, many people believe that healing went away with the last of the apostles. Many people believe that if it is God's will, then you might be healed. But many people today, many entire congregations, and the reason why the congregations believe that is because that is what is preached from the pulpit. If it's the will of God that you're healed, then you will be healed. But this verse tells us that is the will of God. Jesus would not heal people If he didn't want them to be healed. But what I like is that he healed them all. And I've said in an earlier podcast, guys, but a lot of it has to do with your faith. You have to have the faith to believe that if you go up for healing, then it will happen. And we've talked about this in Mark chapter 11 verse 24. You may want to take a look at that again. Next we're going to talk about a house divided against itself. And this, once again, we're talking about the religious leaders and they are totally against Jesus. Let's just look at verse 22. It says, Then one was brought to him, meaning Jesus, who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Meaning the Messiah, the chosen one sent from God to be The healing person, the person who is going to bring us back into right relationship with God. I want to go over verse 31 and 32. We're talking about the unpardonable sin. And I want to explain this because this is something that I personally used to have an issue with and didn't really understand. So let's listen to verse 31. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. Now once again, I'm going to go to the commentary of the Nelson Study Bible. Listen to the commentary for these two verses. It says, The sin which will not be forgiven is the stubborn refusal to heed the Holy Spirit's conviction and accept the forgiveness that Christ offers. Particularly in reference to the leaders of Israel, Jesus had offered them all the proof that could be expected. The ministry of John, the testimony of the Father, the prophecies of the Old Testament, his own testimony and the substantiation of the holy spirit because the leaders rejected all proofs regarding jesus as messiah nothing else would be given friends we can not blaspheme the holy spirit that sin is the unpardonable sin the only sin that will not be forgiven you. The next topic is a tree is known by its fruit. And friends, very simply, here we are talking about people who know Jesus, have received him into their heart, and live their lives constantly doing good things for other people. You see them, you see that they are stable, they have a good job, you look at their wife or their husband, they are stable, you look at their kids, the entire family is doing well, and you look at them and say, wow, I have a lot of respect, I have a lot of admiration for them because they just simply have it. And they're doing the right thing all the time. But I would like to take a closer look at verse 36. And this is one that I have always thought very soberly about. And it says, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, that they will give account of it on the day of judgment. And friends, this one verse right here is the one verse that tells me how bad gossip is, how bad it is when you talk about people who are not in your presence, and you talk about them in a negative light, and you're wanting to bring negative attention to those people, and... This verse is telling us if you do that, you will one day be accountable for those words that you speak. I want you to think about that because it's very sobering. The next part, it says the scribes and Pharisees ask for a sign. I'm going to ask that you read that on your own. An unclean spirit returns. This is a caution That once we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we totally turn our lives around, this is telling us that if we go back into our former lifestyle, that it may actually end up being worse than before you receive Jesus. You actually can slip into a state that actually is worse for you than when You were before you came to know Jesus. But I did want to talk about the last part. I'm going to begin reading in verse 46. And it says, While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside, seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister And mother and what I'm gonna say about that is that friends when you make the decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior you may have to leave your family aside if they choose not to be happy for you not to agree with what you've done you may simply have to make the decision, well, you know, I for a time being, now you continue to love on them, you continue to try to do that, but you cannot let them hinder you from following the will of God and doing what you know is right. That is a very important decision that you may have to. To make in your life. Friends, the call to action today is very simple. I'm going to ask that you make this simple prayer as you get up each morning and begin your day. And it's going to be different for some of you, but this is what I'd like for you to pray. Father God, please put someone in my path today that I can be a witness of your loving kindness and show them the love of God. Friends, we have to be intentional in our life. If we are to do the great commission, which Jesus has called each and every one of us to fulfill and to do, we have to be intentional. We have to be purposeful. So ask Jesus to bring people into your presence into your life that you can speak and show the love of God and if you get a chance share the good news with them. The suggested scripture reading today is to read our proverb of the day over again. Today was Proverb 12 and there are many many rich nuggets in chapter 12 and to reread in its entirety The 12th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening today and you've never taken that step, I ask that you repeat a simple prayer after me today Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you came to earth and died on a cross. So that anyone who received you as their Lord and Savior would have all of their sins forgiven. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And yet, I still ask that you come into my heart. I ask that you lead me and guide me from this day forward. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if any of you repeated that prayer, reach out to me on my webpage, wisdomtodaybk.com. There is a contact tab at the top of the page. You simply need to give me your name, ask any questions you want to, and I'll get back with you as soon as I can. Friends, tomorrow is Testimony Day. Please join me and a special guest as we further explore wisdom.